Hey, it's Sam Amick from The Athletic, and you can listen to me, Fred Katz, and Anthony Slater break down the inside story of what is happening in the NBA. Latest news, trades, signings, all of the above. Latest action on the floor. Be sure to listen and subscribe to The Athletic NBA Show and listen to Tampering every Tuesday. Want an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news and trends in the NBA? Listen to the NBA Daily Ding podcast Monday through Friday. Wake up and turn up the NBA Daily Ding to stay informed on all things NBA here at The Athletic and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Athletic NBA Show Monday through Friday on The Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, Guys, I got to say, Bucks in four. It's a sweep. The Bucks are just better. Bruh. New York strip steak. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs. With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Harper. With me today, Trevon Edwards, Dave DeFore, Law Murray, and no show from Jay King, a man so cowardly that he's even afraid of the takes, Dave, in victory, in what he's claiming victory, because he doesn't know I how mean, this stuff works. He's allegedly doing his job tonight. What? Jo- what? Watching the watching Romeo Lankford start? Now, granted, we're recording this before the this Celtics is the Romeo game. Lankford start. Yes, <laughs> uh, we're we're we're. <laughs> We're recording this before Celtics Nets tip off, so we're not going to know the results of that. So I'll just assume the Nets won. You know, yeah, I mean, I'll assume I think Tatum does go for fifty again. Yeah, they're down three starters yeah. in this game, going into it with Kemba, Jalen Brown, and Robert Williams out. So uh, I'll just assume the Nets, uh, the Nets won. And then Law, let's make a guess for what happens in Clippers Mavs tonight because we won't be re- we won't have knowledge of this before the recording's done. So I can't believe. Luca went for 50 slash 15. <laughs> Y'all funny, man. Uh, Luca is probably going to have a big game, but the series is going to reset going back to Los Angeles. Oh, that's what I'm going to, Okay, you know. So this could sound real foolish in the Monday morning, but whatever. This is, you know, part of it. We're not going to wait until 1 a.m. Eastern to record this podcast. Get out of here. We're not doing that. Uh, all right. Quick predictions. We're not going to leave law out there by himself. Dave, what do we think happens tonight in Clippers Mavs that has actually now happened last night by the time you're listening to this? I, I th- I'm with Law. I actually think that the Clippers finally started attacking the basket, which is a super soft point for the Mavs, and you know, it worked out pretty well for them. I think the Clippers shot like 85% in the restricted area in, in game Ooh. three. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Law. Um, it felt like a million percent. So, you know, the math seems to check out for me. So, yeah, I think, I mean, the Clippers are the better team. The Mavericks have somehow inexplicably shot the lights out for three games in a row. And we all keep saying we can't expect them to shoot 50% from three for the whole series. And now I've, I've kind of changed that. But I also think I can expect the Clippers to shoot 80% at the rim against the Mavs. And, and I think that they're smart enough that that's just what we're going to see. Right. And if the Mavs shoot 30% from two point range the whole time, it doesn't really, you know, kind of evens out exactly. there. Exactly. Uh, even if mm-hmm. they're torching from three. Uh, Trey, what do we think happened in game four of Clippers Mavs before, uh, before it happens? Depending on how Luca feels, bro. I know, you know, saying that he might be out, he might be playing, he playing, he might not be there. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I think that, uh, 
it'll be a better game than what people expect, you know. Um, but it looks like the Clippers hit their stride last game, and that can carry over. I'm going Mavs. Get out of here with all this Clippers talk. I can't believe the Mavs won by 17 points. Maybe four. I don't know. I don't know what happens, but I think that that's, <laughs> that's going to be my guess for something. Uh, all right. Let's get it out of the way. I'm very disappointed in Jay King needing to watch warmups instead of joining us on a, on a podcast. Uh, so, Dave, what does Jay King have for us? Because I know he sent something along. He did. Uh, you know, Jay and, and Jade hit me up this morning. Um, Jay was very excited to send over this. I mean, I, I got to say, the thing that we all love about Jay King is how he keeps it humble. Even mm-hmm. in victory, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in defeat, but but even in victory. And I thought that this is just like a perfect encapsulation of the humility of Jay King here for you, Zach. And, and I really thought he was gracious in his victory. Okay. This is a big day. Heater done. Bucks move on. I win. Zach loses. Jade, I need that nail in the coffin. That Eminem diss track. Give me that music. I need it. This is the end for Zach. (laughs) This is the worst thing I've ever heard. It's over for him. I've been waiting for this day for a long, long time. It's also the longest thing you've ever heard. This motherfucker, man, just won't shut up, will you? Talking about heat culture. Bitch sweep culture. I'm promoting you right now. Yo, let's put the nail in this coffin. I don't want to be like this. I don't really want to hurt no feelings. But I'm only being real when I say nobody want to hear he talk from Zach. And he makes less sense in Shaq. Now he knows damn well he cultures whack. So put the mic down and walk away. You can still have a little bit of dignity. I would never claim to be no pariah lead, no 83-year-old fake Pacino. How long is so this how shit? can he win post-LeBron with just Jimmy? Without even a top-tier star, drag it dragged down by injury. Please, Zach, so you pick Miami and your asses will both be history. But then again, you'd finally get your wish, cause you'll be all over the street like Gabe Vincent. What? Fucking punk sponsor, but fuck you up. Gabe Crystal one on one, see how bad he fucked you up. Try to hype B Elisa and they cut you up. And you put Jake King on the throne, that's how much you suck picking first round series. <laughs> Alright, cut, 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 cut the music. Cut the music. Give that me something else for background, Jade. Something more pleasant. I almost feel bad for this dude. Zach said the Heat would make the finals. He called Nemanja Bielica the best trade deadline acquisition in the entire league. He bought a motherfucking big face coffee mug. But the era of $20 coffee is over. It's clearly never been to LA. We like our faces average size now. What? Price our caffeine appropriately. This is a man Damn who drinks Dunkin' Donuts. I respect Jimmy. I do. He's Jimmy butt cheeks now. And he was locked in. He wasn't shit, but locked up. Is this slam poetry? What is this? <laughs> It's food and holder season now. So good night, Zach. You had your fun in the bubble. 
Your run is over. I can't believe we got this one. Like that, that Bernie was dancing to on Weekend of But Bernie's. you're lucky, though, Zach. <laughs> lucky the Celtics have a game, so I couldn't come on this podcast to light your ass up like you deserve. I, I a lot of humility there. I hope Jay... I hope Jade cuts all of this out just so Jay can have a better chance of talking shit here. That was way too long. None of it was on beat. Well, now, to be he fair. somehow had 11 bars where four bars are supposed to go. I don't know if that's even possible. To, to be fair, he didn't do it over beat. The beat was added. What? I mean... But, but you know, listen. Name uh, me a beat that, where that would have been on beat. The 83-year-old fake Pacino might be That's a, good one. I a like great that. line. I all like right. that. Yeah. That was a good line, yeah. yeah. Also, um, we like our faces average size. I, I think we can all agree there, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know if he remembers that I got the big face coffee mug um, during the, the Bucks bubble. heat series in the bubble. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, that's that's been a staple for a while. In the old uh, mug uh, rotation, there. Um, I would just say, "You're welcome, Milwaukee." Oh no! I did this. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> Dave. I don't know if you remember. Trey probably remembers. Hashtag my bucks. 2018, 2019. I do remember hashtag, hashtag my, bucks. <laughs> my bucks. And you know what you have to do sometimes? You have to abandon the thing that you love. Because it just can't grow otherwise. It's it's coddled, right? It's coddled. And it thinks like, oh, well, I've always got the support of these people around me. And I couldn't watch them struggle through Eric Bledsoe anymore. So I, I kicked him to the curb. I kicked him to the curb, Dave, and said, no more. All right? I'll go to these this franchise that's actually won championships, by the way. But I'll go to that franchise. And it worked. Am I the reason that they acquired Drew Holiday to upgrade? I don't know. There's no way of us ever knowing. But I'd just like to say, you're welcome, Milwaukee. Hashtag our bucks are back. Oh, that's amazing. So that's there we amazing. Go. Is you that what heat culture really minutes? is all about? What? He heat culture. It's all about oh, he culture's jumping real. on the bandwagon? No, heat culture's real. <laughs> heat culture's still a real thing. You just, they don't win every year. But, you know, they'll grab, look at Bradley Beal or Kawhi Leonard this offseason, and they'll be back. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah he culture it's, it's like go. jimmy butler's three-point shooting right it's every other season <laughs> it'll be it's like 36 like percent one year 22 percent the next yeah exactly DJ DJ Augustine, Augustine, right? heat culture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay Perfect. so bucks sweep the the heat um what an ass kicking that was i mean look <laughs> i know this is funny in hindsight but like it was everything i said last week it, it, Miami wasn't as good and, and the Bucks are a lot better and, and it was plain and simple and all of the stuff that the Bucks did all year to get ready for the play, the playoffs we saw it pay off in that series I mean they just look like a, a juggernaut and Drew Holiday was the best player in that series I thought oh easily Drew Holiday was easily the best player in that series like he's he's the I mean look I'm not trying to downgrade Chris Middleton but he's the second best player on that team to me well and you know what's kind of cool about it is that it it rotates it really does, and it's going to be matchup dependent. They've got three guys who can play both ways, and man, they're just there's no other team that has that. I really am liking the Bucks right now, and and especially after the way that they beat Miami, I thought that they sent a message there. Uh, Law, what what do you think? Um, 
in terms of assuming the Nets make the next round, I think that's if Romeo Langford's starting today, then I'm assuming they're going to make the next round at some point. But um, but what do you what do you make of this uh, this Nets Bucks series? Just a mini preview of what's to come. It's really unfortunate for the Bucks that they won't have Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, as great as their top three guys are in terms of Giannis and Chris Middleton and, and, and Drew. I mean, they're just coming off a series where Bryn Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you can do that against Miami Heat, but Brooklyn obviously is going to have a lot more firepower. And, and just those in bet- the in-between things that Dante does, uh, just having another defender, that's going to really be what determines the series. I mean, Brooklyn was the best offense in the league, and that was without having their top three players play more than 10 games, something like that. So uh, that that's pretty much going to decide things. I mean, uh, Milwaukee's got a pretty damn good offense. They know what they want to do there. But this series is going to be about how the Bucks can defend the Nets. Trey, what do you what do you think? Did you learn anything about the Bucks in the first round, or was this uh, this just too too easy? No, nah, I didn't learn anything. Obviously, me and Eric Name covered them last year. I know they got extremely better on the defensive end, um, adding you know Tucker because Tucker can kind of scheme with those guys, and then you know with Holiday on, on ball presence, and they're just so long like that. You can hide Giannis honestly, and it's and it's and it's. Uh, it's pretty hard to move the ball around them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then Brian Forbes, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's been great for them. Like I, I, I can't stop praising him. Um, I, they definitely proved me wrong because I, I, you know, I was still riding off the, you know, I fear Miami kind of ride, you know what I mean? Watching Miami kick their ass all season last month, you know what I mean? Last year. And then now, you know, I think they picked up the right pieces to bring those, you know, to make the jump and they showed it. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't even like no sweat. Um, but losing Dante, that's interesting. Cause you know, when you lose a player, especially a role guy, your whole adjustments have to change the way your situational subs have to change the way you use. And Dante was used very sparingly, you know what I mean? Whether on the defensive end or offensive end. And now they need to find, you know, get something out of someone else, whether it's Brian Forbes or, you know, um, Bobby Portis to step it up even more. So it'll be interesting in the next matchup. Um, they're, they're lined up with the Nets, right? The Nets, uh, yeah, be Nets. Nets Celtic series. So, um, should be interesting to see how they, how they do things, but injuries suck. Um, and the Bucks are a very good team, you know, one of the top three teams in the East. And I think it'll be a good series. Uh, injuries right. do suck. And we can go to Anthony Davis, uh, strains his left groin. In uh, right before halftime of uh, of game four and Suns go on and control most of the second half. I know the Lakers made a little run there, but I never thought that the Suns were actually in trouble. Yeah, personally, never, never yeah. in doubt. Like, I think it got down to like seven or eight at one point. I and think then it six finished actually. It, was yeah. Oh, it got down to yeah. six. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then finished it, finished it eight. Um, but that was mostly a, an ass kicking in the second half, um, aside from a couple of Gasol threes and Jay Crowder and LeBron getting into it a little bit as they are wont to do. So, um, my concern here, Law, is that I don't know any groin injuries that tend to just go away in a day or two. Yeah, and Anthony Davis went down the same way P.J. Dozier went down lat- earlier this month uh, against the Lakers, ironically. Uh, like, I I've, I've just saw how AD went down, grabbed uh, his, his right leg or his left leg or whatever it was. And, I mean, that's... The series is a week 
You know what I mean? Like if they can force a game seven, I believe game seven would be next Sunday. Uh, certainly, you know, next weekend. You're talking about the best of three series in a week. And the guy who has, when he, when AD has played well, uh, attacked the paint, got into the free throw line consistently, uh, made Jay Crowder a shell of himself. Uh, well, a shell of his bubble self anyway. I mean, you see how those games have went. When Anthony Davis didn't play well at all for some inexplicable reason in game one, and now you see even before Anthony Davis went out, he was terrible. He had six points on nine shots, and the Lakers were outscored in his minutes in the first half. I mean, that's been the series. Uh, Anthony Davis has been the swing, and it doesn't sound like the Lakers are going to get anything close to peak Anthony Davis for the remainder of their time against the Suns. So I wonder if we actually have to see a similar approach. And maybe this isn't even possible anymore. I don't know. And I, I almost wonder, like, I started thinking about, okay, can the Lakers execute the Cavs-Warriors 2015 finals, right? Just make everything right. as slow as possible, as ugly as possible. LeBron, go, go be the best player on the floor and just try to make it as grimy as possible or like is that asking too much of lebron who's still like like lebron lebron had his head at the rim at one point in this game but lebron still he couldn't do shit in the third quarter right he had one bucket when they struggled they had six turnovers and three made field goals in the third quarter like he got it going in the fourth but i don't know if he i don't know if this point in his season coming back from that ankle injury if he can do that kind of grind let me ask you zach how did that that series 2015 series work out or well, not great long term, but they did go right. up 2-1. So if you, they you did. know, if you do it for the next 3 games, maybe you can get yeah, that going. <laughs> and so this is the thing about that Cavs team though, is that they had some shooting and the Lakers just cannot shoot at all. And so, you know, if you don't have Anthony Davis, now you only have to really worry about LeBron. I don't know, man, it, with him being kind of passive, looking like he still can't quite attack. Uh I think it's probably a wrap if Anthony Davis is actually hurt. Like if he's going to be not out there at all, yeah, it's over. Dre, we saw um, we saw Jay Crowder, uh, aka Boss Man ninety nine, go three of eight uh, from three point range in this one to raise his series shooting percentage to seventeen point eight percent from three because he has just been abysmal. But he hit a big one in this game. He hit a, a couple of big shots. He played good defense and he instigated LeBron. So is that instigating Le- LeBron going to come back to haunt him or is he going to be okay? Uh, depending on, on, you know, uh, brow status. Like if they can, if they can get Anthony Davis back, then I'll say, you know, you barked up the wrong tree. Yeah. Um, but this also sets up the perfect storyline for LeBron saying, Oh, I wasn't hundred percent. And then he's, he can put up a caption that says charged up or some crazy shit about like being, like, <laughs> being fully 100% or something and, and really and really doing something against his son's team. And I, I think the Suns have to have a sense of urgency. Like yeah. if Anthony Davis is to miss another game, they need to smell blood and take advantage you put of it. it on because, yeah. because you give the Lakers any type of breathing room, um, LeBron can probably beat this team by himself you know what i mean and and that's not a diss to the suns but they just cannot play with their their house money they gotta they gotta they gotta finish it if they're gonna do it chris Paul you know, by the way the, the natural way. reaction for people from people is gonna be that the lakers should all right you gotta play marcus saul more or whatever you know andre drummond i think has been a little bit better than gasol gasol it's it's gonna be determined whether or not he's useful to you on how he's shooting like if he's able to hit shots and take yeah. them 
taking them is so huge for him. But if he can also make them, great. That's awesome. He's really going to help you. But I think that some of the stuff that Drummond has been able to do, you can just count on it a little bit more. And I know that sounds like a crazy thing to say. Well, I think but if, you, just, if you get the fourth quarter, if you get the fourth right. quarter Gasol that we saw and you can get that for like 25 minutes in, in the next exactly. game. Exactly. Well, I'll take that over anything Drummond has done. Um, but I don't think either of them can do start, shit with I think DeAndre I would start Gasol. I would I rather I would start, start Gasol. Gasol. Yeah. And just yep. see if he has it early. And if not, pull the ripcord. You know, you can even go. I mean, they're going to need offense. And so you can even go a little bit more Montrez. I know he didn't play in, in two and three, right. um, but he's like, I mean, he's so bad defensively. And they're just going to punish him. I mean, it, they ran like eight straight pick and rolls at Trez when he was yeah. out there. And, yeah. and, you know, Chris Paul doesn't care about your feelings, man. Like he's just <laughs> going to try to destroy you. And Aiton has been the best big man in this series. Oh, easy. So, easy. you know, what do you yeah. want to, you know, I, I just think that, the Lakers without Anthony Davis and with LeBron being so hampered are just food for, for Phoenix in the next couple of games. Now, if LeBron comes back looking better, I'm going to sound like a, an idiot because, you know, LeBron does what he does when he's healthy. But, man, he still just doesn't look good. And, and without AD, I mean, we saw what it looks like. It's not good. It's ugly, yeah. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Um, Law, CP3 was, was back. He was good. He was he was doing what CP3 does. He even you know got in the head of Ben McLemore, which I don't know if that's an accomplishment, but he did get in the head of Ben McLemore at one point. You know he was he was getting chippy. He was feeling himself, and so uh, even though Devin Booker's had a couple of tough games in this series um, because the the Lakers are just hounding him, like Alex Crusoe was hounding him, like he's like they've been so good at trying to get the ball out of his hands and make stuff tough for him. But if Chris Paul can now not be the one arm guy we saw in the in the last couple of games, and he can be the guy we saw today then Anthony Davis not being there, like, this is this is over. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul even took three threes in this game. I know one of them was one of those underhand uh, Johnny Cage Mortal Kombat threes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's good that Chris is feeling more like himself. And he had nine assists, no turnovers. Why that's important? The Lakers' defense is predicated on ball pressure, not yeah. – fouling while applying that ball pressure and especially while they're at home and having their stars on the floor that turns games you saw that in the playing game against golden state now golden state is a treacherous offensive team outside of steph curry shot making but when it comes down to it that game changed because they fouled and they turned the ball over the suns even with the stakes at hand they had a slim halftime lead Chris Paul just did a great job of taking care of the basketball and not compounding any kind of mistakes. Devin Booker made one shot after halftime. He made one shot after halftime, yeah. and Phoenix expanded their lead. It just says a lot about 
the value of poise, about the value of maintaining a certain game plan, maintaining control of the game. And that doesn't happen if Chris Paul doesn't play at all. I mean, we're, Chris Paul isn't still isn't completely back, but his efficiency inside the arc and his ball control and just being able to keep these young guys, the same young guys that everyone was concerned about making their playoff debuts, keeping them level-headed to finish a game, that's everything. And now look at the pendulum of the series. Chris is probably getting healthier and managing his situation better while the Lakers are in the same health situation that landed in the seventh seed in the first place. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence. And Trey, you're you're a video game expert here. But now he the underhand Johnny Cage comment was was apt by Law Murray, but also um, you know, Johnny Cage also punches dudes in the nuts. Chris Paul's got a history. Like there's <laughs> there are a lot of levels to that that reference right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, that Law has great. a way with words. Yeah. And, you know, he just married he just married video <laughs> yeah, games and, and basketball together. So Yeah, no, that's um, the that's I'm a the big goal. Fan, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that usage. Um <laughs> but yeah, man, dirty players play. <laughs> oh, speaking of dirty play, what a great transition. Nick's Hawk, so I laughed uncontrollably at the ending sequences of this Knicks Hawks. The Hawks destroyed them. They destroyed them the last couple of games. Like they, you know, Trey Young was was yelling in his high pitched voice. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see you in the A. We'll see you in the A. And then they go to Atlanta and they just destroyed the Knicks in both games. And Julius Randle wasn't as bad as he's been earlier in this series. He was better, but it didn't matter because the Knicks were just just overmatched by this Hawks team. But we did get this sequence late. Uh, where Danilo Gallinari, I guess, elbowed Reggie Bullock in the in the back, and then Reggie, like, there was a timeout called, or there was time called, or they we had a break, and they started walking towards the benches, and then Reggie just just lost his shit and ran towards the Hawks bench. Danilo claims that he didn't know he was running after Gallinari. He's like, I was just trying to get water, which I think is a great petty way of being unaffected by it all. And then the next play, <laughs> Julius Randle like gives a little forearm, but he also kind of missed Gallo on that. So he gives a little forearm at Gallo and, uh, and gets a flagrant and goes over and high fives Reggie. And it's like, you know, he said after the game, something about like, just want to show him that like, we're not going to take their shit except here's the problem. They were down 24 at that point in the game. Yeah. They were getting their ass this Like there's no message there. There's right. no message when you miss on the forearm and then you're getting your ass kicked and you haven't been good in the series. And you've got a contract coming up this summer. I, I mean, I'm thinking about this. You know what I mean? Like, just get, just finish the game. Try not to get hurt. Send Think a goon the in. One. This is why we need goons, right? right? If you're going to do it, I get it. Like, Julius is trying to be a leader there, Trey, and I get it. But, like, he can throw a chair a... like UD. <laughs> I don't know how much it's going to work. You can throw a chair, man, you know, like UD, bro. You know what's interesting about those UD speeches? They never work that game. It's always the next game. Unfortunately for the Heat, they didn't have a next game. So when you I was like, wasn't that, that game t- over? Yeah, the game was over. Like, it's like they were already been swept. I, I like why are you breaking a chair then? I know now someone's it's just gonna a waste go of fix a chair. that chair. I know it's just rough. but like I don't well, know. Like I know creation. Knicks fans loved it. Knicks fans were like, yeah, you're not gonna go. I'm like, you're getting your ass kicked. There's no message there. The Hawks couldn't. The Hawks didn't care. The Hawks didn't care about that moment. And now the Hawks. Yeah have a chance to go back to Madison Square Garden and end the series there and end the season there. And Trey Young can make it real quiet for months until October. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. 
Sun's out, birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I don't know. I don't know what the Knicks do. I don't know if the Knicks have another gear in this one, Dave, to hey. to push this. Oh, they hey. don't. They don't. Play that, Look, play that hey. burial music, man. It's, it's like we talked hey, about play that funeral music series. man i'm about to go right by msg right now and oh, play no. that this is for lay, my lay homies it's oh uh, listen they poked the wrong listen they poked the little bear that's what i'm gonna call trey the little bear they poked the little bear and now if i was trey i'll pull out a comb like out my pocket and comb that little hair i got after i send them home in the garden straight up I don't know what uh, I. I think, oh, man. Trey is a pretty good. Trey is a pretty good trash talker. It could be better, and it's always going to be tough because and I'm not trying to be mean here, but he just has a very high pitched voice. I was going to say he sounds the way he sounds. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but he's got good like his his so his, the voice is rough. The shushing motion is awful, as we discussed last week. The shushing terrible. motion is terrible. But but the trash talk itself, like the actual words, he's good at that. And maybe that's all. Oh yeah, matters. but but also he busts your ass. So there's not a whole lot. Like, what do you? It doesn't matter what he says because he's he literally has been busting the shit out of the Knicks. He didn't have to say a word. He's just dominating. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Law. Is there anything the Knicks can do? What the Knicks need to do is they got Julius Randle trying to. He's being defended by John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. John Collins, another guy who's got money up. DeAndre mm-hmm. Hunter, a guy who's missed most of this season. You know, I don't think I'm pretty sure DeAndre missed multiple games when Julius was dominating the Hawks during the regular season. And if you're if you're Julius, like you got to figure those dudes out. You can't be ten of thirty five, something like that, with those two guys sticking you all game. Uh, the other thing is the Knicks shot the ball extremely well towards uh, their the part of the year where they were winning what nine in a row and. That's kind of abandoned them. I mean, R.J. Barrett's supposed to be the guy who's helping Julius the most. It's been a bad series for South Pauls. So if, if you left-handed, you might want to ignore the Knicks after <laughs> after this series. So, I mean, the Knicks, they kind of played their best card already. Everyone knew Elford was a liability. Even, even Tibbs knew it, but in the sake of continuity, the same continuity that has him still rolling with Taj and Derek in the first place, you know, he, he was like, hey, we're going to have Alfred in his role and Derek's going to come in and do what he does in a, in, in a bench role. 
and he's already turned that card in. It gave them the game two win. And then you see game three and game four, Derek's been their best player and dude does not have 35 minutes in him at this stage in no. his career. And that's pretty much where this series is. Like the Hawks haven't been great offensively. They score 113 and 105 in 2021. That's not anything crazy. But the Knicks just, you know, you're not going to win the series if you can't break 100 against this Atlanta team. And that's yeah. that's really what it comes down to. They need the shots Hawks, to come from places they're not coming from. Hawks made 44% of the shots today. Like, that's it. <laughs> 44%. I, I mean, this is the stuff that we talked about, though, coming into the series, right? Like, Atlanta had this, this other gear we all kind of imagined. But I really thought the Knicks were going to do a better job of making it a rock fight with their defense. I mean, that's why Taj has been out there so much because he's really the only guy that's been, you know, putting up resistance. It's him and Reggie Bullock, basically. And and then, you know, what those guys brought on the offensive end today. So, you know, it's just rough. They didn't didn't have the offense to score with the Hawks. It was always going to be about the Knicks' defense. And the Hawks' defense has actually been pretty good for especially the last couple months. Uh, And then they got DeAndre Hunter back who has been excellent. So, you know, look, the Knicks just are at a bit of a talent disadvantage. They got the absolute maximum amount out of the roster that they have. So I wouldn't really be too down about it, but the Hawks are going to win this series. I I think it's just, that's pretty clear. The Hawks are a better team right now, Um, but the Knicks just don't have it. It's not, it's not that they're getting like stomped because they're necessarily just all bad. Julius Randle has had a bad series, but the, the rest of the Knicks, they just didn't have the talent to be able to beat the Hawks. Yeah, they had a successful season, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, like I this doesn't, I don't think this makes the season like now fraudulent or anything like that. I actually think it might be a good thing moving forward. Yeah, because well, there's like, a lot of people, and you, Zach, you know, it, it's like the uh, I need to have a smart take about what the Knicks did, and the smart take is, oh yeah, congratulations, you were okay this year, and your fans are pumped. But now next year, you're probably going to be the eight seed and you didn't get a high draft pick this year. And, and, you know, I guess if that's how you want to watch sports, that's great. Cool. Be smart about it. They weren't a laughing stock. Like, that's a big win. How like they're always a laughing stock. And I actually think it's good because I think that I think them going out this way, assuming they do lose game five, which I just think they will. Um Assuming they lose game five, like I, I think that's a good thing because I don't think they can trick themselves into thinking like, oh, yeah, right. we're better than we are, right? Like, no, you had a good yeah. season and you need to build on that. And you don't build on that by just keeping the same group together. Like, you need a talent upgrade. This shows you like, yo, well, you do need more offense. And maybe but that also, comes from the young guys and maybe it doesn't. But but you need something. You need some progress here, not just, all right, let's run it back. We've, we've just jumped to this thing where it's like, I need to tell Knicks fans how they need to feel about this season and why they should secretly Don't throw a damn parade it. like you had exactly. fun. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. They've been bad for a long time and they, you know, they played hard. They got some fun young guys. This is it's great. You got the, a great story. You, got, you know, Kings fans and Wolves fans and Cavs fans just looking in the bushes just like, man, I wish that was us. Like, exactly. you know, like, like most teams, would, like a lot of teams would love this. Orlando would love to be this team in two years. Yeah, like they had I mean, fun. I look, yeah. This job is not like some kind of a basketball resume for me. So I, I get to think about the game in a way and, and and the league in a way that that isn't just always about doing the smartest thing and collecting assets. Right. So for me, hey, how great was it to watch the New York Knicks get the most out of their talent all year, overachieve and make the playoffs? I think it was fun. And, now and go give Julius really Randle a max deal in a year. 
That's right. Go give him a <laughs> cash out. I wouldn't want to sign that contract, but, you know, hey, he earned it. Um, all right. We have, uh, we don't need to talk Sixers Wizards. You know, it's a 1-8. Mm-hmm. It's a 1-8 combo. And, yeah. I, and I will say this, that the Wizards, if if they have a good offseason, they might actually make the playoffs next year. They've, they've got some decent pieces. I think they just need to be healthy. When they were healthy mm-hmm. this year, they were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's Thomas a, that's Bryan a, will be back. Yeah, I'm a huge Thomas Bryant dude, but yeah, like he, like I think they'll be they'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. Law in terms of Blazers Nuggets, I will admit I have no handle on this series because every time I think one team's got the advantage, the next team comes back and just kicks their ass in the next game. So Law, I will defer to you. Where what, how should I feel about Blazers Nuggets? You should feel that Nikola Jokic needs to figure out his old teammate, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, because when those two have been on the floor at the same time, uh, the Nuggets have been outscored significantly. Uh, I mean, even game three. Game three, you saw Portland get out to a big lead, and then they take Nurkic out, and Jokic just destroys in his cannon. Hector got torched in six minutes. Haven't seen Canada look that bad in a playoff series since... James Harden put him in the pick and roll over and over oh and over goodness. again back in 17. So, I mean, Terry, Terry Stotts took that embarrassment to figure it out, but it's like you probably can't play Canner in this series. And then it's a matter of can Nurk keep his damn hands off of dudes long enough, you know, stay out of foul trouble, extend those minutes. And game four was shocking. I mean, Dame made, what, one basket? Something like that. Yeah, one for ten. They and 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 they blew the Nuggets out by twenty. And you got Michael Malone turning in his "We Play Soft" card. If you followed the Nuggets, you've heard that plenty of times. Oh, he's good for those Nuggets every three weeks. He's good for one of those. Yeah, exactly. So now the series sits back to Denver. Terry Stotts feels like he knows what he's talking about. Dame, he's not going to repeat what Game Four was looking like. I mean. He needs his best player, and it's tough to tough to say that Jokic has been great. But you know what? He's got to really handle Yusuf Nurkic in Game Five. It will help if Michael Porter Jr. did a little bit more. I mean, well, right. Michael, Dane can make one basket. Apparently, uh, Michael Porter Jr. That that he, that team is missing too many pieces for that to work. He took three shots and zero free throws in twenty three minutes. What the fuck? I think Michael all Porter three of those Jr. shots were threes too. Oh my yeah. god. That's a, one of the weirdest games I've seen from that dude who I, you can't even say, oh, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. has never been scared to shoot because right. that doesn't even quite encapsulate how much that guy loves to shoot. Dave, I would rather he goes one for 30 than go well, one for three. he beat himself, right? Yeah. It, it's, that, it's that Kobe thing. And, and I just can't get it. And especially for a team, they need him to shoot like 40 times a game because the other guy's shooting. It's like Austin Rivers. You know, he's having a great season yeah. or, or a, great, a great series, but I trust Michael Porter Jr. taking those shots. Facundo Compazzo taking shots is not great. Michael Porter Jr. needs to shoot. And, and this is the thing about Jokic, where he's getting played to a standstill with Nurkic. It's because they just don't have anybody on the wing doing anything for yeah. this team. And it, it's just like killing them. So when Cantor goes out, Jokic gets to just dominate inside, but with Nurkic, he's good enough to hold up and he's allow strong, extra man. help to come when they yeah. need it, right? Like, so Cantor just 
it, it just doesn't exist, basically, as a defender. And I'd rather see Rondé Hollis Jefferson trying to guard Jokic than, than Cantor. <laughs> and even though, like, Rondé is going to get destroyed, right. at least Rondé is going to put up an effort. He's going to look like more than tissue paper. And, and so, you know, Nurkic has just done an admirable job, I think, of anchoring the defense against Jokic and allowing, you know, basically the rest of the Nuggets to fail him. I mean, he had one assist in, in that game. Um, that can't happen. <laughs> exactly. And, I don't, and so, you I know, don't it's funny. Him, I don't blame him for that, though. Oh, of course not. No. I mean, he's yeah. the guy balling, right? Yeah. And and a lot of these guys are just in a position. I mean, again, they're starting Facundo Campazzo and Austin Rivers right. in a playoff series where they are the higher seed. That should tell you, oh, yeah, I'm begging for P.J. Dozier to make it back. You know, like, oh, man, I really hope they can get Will Barton. Exactly. Yeah, and that's a game changer for them because not only is it a guy who can create shots for himself, but people forget that before Jamal Murray really figured out how to to create stuff for other people, Will Barton was their second most important playmaker. I mean, he was in the starting lineup because they couldn't take him out. So I, I think that Will Barton could be the piece that that fixes a lot of their problems. My, my concern with Will Barton – being back in here isn't well not that he's back i'm glad he's back because he they they really need him but he hasn't played in over a month and he's coming back from a hamstring issue you know so like i just wondered like how effective can he be back game one or maybe it's just the threat of him being out there right will will help change things for them but yeah like austin rivers needs to be coming off the bench for them uh marcus howard who i love cannot be taking 11 more shots in a game than michael porter jr when they take when they play about the same minutes and i also look at that game law as i don't think like i watching it i wasn't i didn't necessarily think like oh portland's finally playing defense like they played good defense but i thought that was all on denver and i and i just thought that my, I walked away from that, that game going, well, Denver's never going to shoot that portly again in this series. Like, I, I almost just look at it as like this crazy outlier rather than like a, something damning on Denver. I think yeah, that's about I, right, Zach. You're not, the outlier is game four can't, can't be a repeat. You're not going to shoot 34%. But then again, you don't need to beat a team by 20. You know, I mean, that's another one of these. Right. That's the threes now. Yeah, I, I just don't, man, I don't know. Like, it's crazy, it's crazy to lose by 20 when Dame goes one for 10. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's nuts. They, they just couldn't score, man. And, and the, you know, I think Michael Malone is right. They were soft, plain and simple. I, Michael Porter Jr. was soft. You, you take three shots, you beat yourself. So let's go through the, and Rolodex. that won't happen again. Yeah. Let's go through the Rolodex here, right? So Michael Malone has played, uh, the, we were soft in this game. And then when they win game five, it'll be, well, no one believed in us. Nobody believes in us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you know, you know the other card that was played at the end of game four that I thought was really interesting was Michael Malone being told by one of his assistants that that team has never taken a three, one lead. And I immediately covering a team that is reminded of what happened when Denver was down three, one. I was like, well, this is clearly not a team that is used to being up three, one. They're used to being down three, one. So maybe, the, oh. you know, there's a different kind of mentality involved there. I know what's, I know what happened. I know what happened. They threw game four. They threw oh, it. Wow. They didn't want the pressure of being up three, one, two, two backs are kind of against the wall. Three, one, you're too loose. I get it. I think uh. that's I think that's actually genius coaching. <laughs> Throw game four so you don't you're not in the perilous position of being up three one in a series. Most dangerous most dangerous series lead in sports, they say, 
is up 3-1. Is that what they say? I don't know. I mean, they might say that. I don't know. Someone's probably said it before. Oh, I just said it. You know what? So, yeah, someone does say that. Um, But I, man, I don't, I just keep coming back to like, I don't see Denver losing this series at this point. After what I've seen with the the highs and lows, like, I still look at them like, no offense to Dame, but like, Denver has the best player in the series. And by a lot, there is no, I mean, not that there's a huge answer for Dame necessarily, but like, if you get Nurkic in foul trouble, you, like they're toast. I mean, the end of game three, right? Cantor had been so bad. They don't even bring him in on a crucial free throw. And what's funny is I had, I've been watching this on, you know, the, the national feeds, but I had switched over to the app on my phone to finish that game. And it went to Denver or no, it went to Portland's feed in that game. And so the announcer, like with Monty Morris uh, going up to the free throw line, um, shooting two up three with like three seconds left, uh, the announcing crew for Portland goes, um, you know, well, if he misses both of these free throws, Portland will have 3.6 seconds left to, to try to tie the game. And I immediately was like, he's not missing both these free throws. What the, what kind of <laughs> dumbass shit is that? And then he misses both of the free throws. But instead of subbing Cantor in for a very important rebounding opportunity, Terry Sasha's like, yeah, Covington's got it. He can box out Jokic. And then Jokic gets two <laughs> offensive rebounds, tips it in, ball game. Like, I was just, I'm like, Cantor yeah, can't be so bad. That, right. It was him and Mello. I'm like, Cantor, look, Cantor sucks, but he can't, he can't be he so can bad. Rebound. Yeah, he can rebound. He, he can, can rebound. He can throw that big ass body into Jokic a little bit, you know? Yeah. I just thought that was funny. This it's is, like, I yeah, just as long as you it. don't ask him to play defense, Cantor can do most stuff, right? Like that, yeah. that a big needs screen, to do. Scores around the hoop. He can rebounds, score a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah, he's got good hands. He can he can make a pass. Um, but you know, it, that's that's the time you need to use him, right? You know, that, that I know be, Robert Covington can play center. It doesn't necessarily mean that he should. I'm sure he's just having flashbacks to Houston at that point, right? Just looking oh around God, like, where's PJ Tucker to save me? Like, we need to yeah. we need to pinch down on this guy. What's going on? Um, like, is Zach Collins going to get cleared or what, man? What the- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zach, you know, be, like you can't be that hurt. Get your ass over here. Imagine, imagine being like a, a you know a wing and and saying, "All right, man, we're going to put you in the post against Jokic tonight." Jesus Christ, That'd be awful. Be absolutely yeah, awful. That's uh, not but, fair. Before we go, Jazz Grizzlies law. Is there any reason to believe? the Grizzlies can pull this off now that Donovan Mitchell's back? Probably not. Just just because these the Grizzlies kind of need this experience of the playoffs and then maybe they, they learn from it. But uh, what I saw at the end of game three was John Moran trying to do too much, Donovan Mitchell being just healthy enough to actually close the team out because, I mean, he outscored the Grizzlies 10-2 to in the last like four minutes of that game, right when the Grizzlies took control. And Dylan Brooks just fouls too damn much. I mean, we've seen it all month. I mean, as great as Dylan is going to the basket, taking tough shots, making every shot in there, everybody's face, do fouls too much to be relied on as much as he's relied on. And uh, this is everything the Grizzlies are doing, playing with house money. I feel like they're a year early. Uh, so other than the fact that you lose your lottery ticket when you make the playoffs a year too early, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the Knicks. Um, right. Like, it's it's great for the Grizzlies to have this, but uh, Donovan looks just good enough to the, to where you look back at the regular season. The Grizzlies didn't beat the Jazz during the regular season. That was a 3-0. And it just seems like it's, it's just 
probably too big a stage uh, for Grizzlies to overcome it right now. Yeah, and I, th- I thought, too, uh, you know, Valanciunas didn't do anything in that first half, right? And they do need no. him to, like, be able to go at Gobert a little bit. He, he, he corrected a little. I think third quarter is when he had, a, he had a nice little run there. So, he like, Dave, he did do something. But, like, Valanciunas has to – he's got to be Nurkic, essentially, right? Not that it's the same type of matchup, but he's just got to be someone that gives Gobert problems when they're both on the floor together. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, he's not going to be Gobert defensively. Obviously, right. But he's he he can outplay Gobert on the other end, right? He can stretch the floor. He can space. You know, getting getting more threes up. I think he can be, be physical, good. like on the offensive right? boards, right? Yeah, exactly. So you know, I, I would I would expect him to be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, he, I thought he's been pretty good in this series up until that game. Yeah. Um. And, and so I would expect more out of him. But this is just kind of how this series should go, right? Memphis is a good team. They're not a great team. Utah's a great team. And, and I think Memphis presents some unique challenges, but a lot of this comes down to Utah just executing their game plan and hitting a normal amount of shots. And if they do that, now, of course, they've shot really, really well the last two games, yeah. and they were awful in game one. So, you know, maybe they, there's been an overcorrection to a certain degree. But I think we know who the, the Utah Jazz are to a certain degree. As long as they can hit shots in the way that we know that they can, 40%-ish, 38% from three, and play defense, they should finish this series in five. Maybe Memphis takes it to six because they are tough and they don't quit. But I I just don't think they've got the talent at this point. Is Dylan Brooks the all-time leader in guards fouling out already? I mean, that's, it's wild how, how many fouls, fouls he, he's crazy. He, like, he only played 33 minutes. He really I mean, did. He, he takes the whole, like, per hey, you get six of them. <laughs> Dude, his fouls per 36, he's like the third Morris brother. Right, except he doesn't shy away from contact. <laughs> They're funny. For as tough as the Morai twins are, <laughs> law, like, I'm watching Markeith today. Just like getting away from everybody as he tries to drive to the basket. Like Devin Booker's bodying him up. He's like, ooh, I don't want to get hit. Like, what the hell happened to the Morris twins? I thought they were tough. Man, the, well, yes. In the manner, they are they are tough. In play style, they're jumper or bust. Yeah. And now watch, you know, Marcus Morris probably knocked out Jalen Brunson or something tonight for all I know before we we get to this but that's gonna do it for this edition of the Basket Buds podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network uh, for the Athletic NBA show Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Athletic get all the best coverage of sports and the NBA playoffs right there on the internet at theathletic.com make sure you can check out all of our uh, podcasts ad free if you'd rather that than hear the ads or you you know listen on all these podcast platforms you get to get the ads and support the show in that way uh, make sure you're checking out of law out all of law's incredible coverage of the Clippers make sure you're checking out all you know what I'll even say Jay King as the Celtic season is about over oh, yeah. you can even check out his stuff you want to check that out more than when you you want to check out his EP that's coming out because my god <laughs> Man, like just we gotta edit that That's down next time. There's, there's there's six tracks on that. I'm pretty oh sure he, that was, was six songs right there. That thing took forever. It was yeah, listen, uh, time, and yeah. three minutes long. Guys. Good lord, Hasht- amazing. Hashtag our bucks. <laughs> <laughs>